Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times of the COVID-19 pandemic, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. Today we have a very special guest. Congresswoman Cindy Axney is joining us on the podcast. Congresswoman, thank you for taking the time out of uh, what I can only imagine uh, to be a busy schedule to, to join us today. Great to be here. Always happy to be doing something with the Greater Des Moines Partnership. And we do truly appreciate that. So uh, for those of, of us that aren't uh, too familiar with you, I guess from a non-political side, more of a, maybe a background, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, sure. So I am the first term congresswoman from Iowa's great third district right here uh, in Des Moines, but stretching over to Council Bluffs and then uh, 16 counties in the southwest corner of the state. But before coming uh, to Congress, uh, I spent a decade in state government serving uh, under Governors Vilsack, Culver, and Branstead's administration, overseeing strategy for the state, uh, you know, representing things like our uh, energy and environment plan and helping to make Iowa number uh, two in wind energy. Uh, but I participated in many different levels of of opportunities at the state from working uh, on the uh, workforce plan for the state and the diversity task force to sitting on the IT technology governance board to being a division administrator at the Department of Natural Resources. Um, my husband and I are also small business owners. We've had a small business for, uh, let's see, my son is 18 for about that length of time. Uh, and uh, I'm a mom of two teenage boys, uh, so at this point, lightly supervised. Uh, but as a fifth-generation Iowan, I've spent uh, many days working since I was 14, uh, starting out in the uh, restaurant sector as a bus girl, um, then moving into retail. And I, I work for some of the biggest companies in the country, like Ann Taylor uh, and Limited Express, and had an opportunity to uh, work for those companies in the Chicago area before uh, working at the Chicago Tribune. And then later, not long after that, moving back to Iowa to start working at the state. So that's a quick down and dirty of what I've been up to. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And you had talked about uh, the, the wide variety of experiences that you've had. Um, talk about maybe if you would, and, and we, we will circle back to the COVID pandemic that's going on right now, but talk about, if you would, some of the challenges within those various positions that you just mentioned um, that you ran into in the past and how you got through those with your teams? Yeah, well, I mean, there's there certainly many things, whether it was uh, looking at how we best negotiated uh, for employees at the state of Iowa under, you know, under some difficult times where employees weren't looked at as being what I would consider the most valuable resources that you could have in an organization um, and trying to, you know, basically take away some opportunities that would have made a good workplace for uh, our, our employees. And so, you know, as a management, making sure that I best represented our uh, mission and vision and needs that we had, but also ensure, ensuring that employees had a good voice. I certainly know as a manager um, that you're only as good as your people. Uh, and so fighting for the things that your staff needs, um, that people across our entire state needed uh, to ensure that we could deliver good services to the people in our state uh, in my tenure uh, at the Department of Management was something that was really important and something that I felt we needed to make sure that we addressed. 
Um, I think sometimes that's difficult when you work within uh, an environment, a political environment, even though you're just trying to do your job. And overcoming some of those political issues was something that I felt I needed to uh, really dig into and be able to find opportunity for whomever I was speaking with, uh, whether uh, you know they were on the Republican or Democratic side and wanted to support or not support something, finding an opportunity to really talk about the issue and how it can benefit everybody, including the person that I'm talking with, I think went a heck of a long way in overcoming some of those more difficult uh, challenges in the work that I've had in the past. But I certainly say, you know, looking at challenges from the perspective of work is one place to look at them. But one of the biggest challenges I faced was um, on a personal level when I moved back here uh, from Chicago and my older son was ready to start kindergarten. Uh, At that time, I thought that every kid had access to all day kindergarten, which was one of the reasons I moved to West Des Moines but found out that half the kids literally lost the lottery and got an inferior education. Well, there was nothing I could do to help my son with that, but I could sure help the kids coming after that. And so I worked very hard, um, lobbied with folks, um, became a community activist because it was just something that I couldn't accept. I organized, I uh, fought back against the school uh, issues that they said they weren't able to address. And finally, after a year, Um, and finding others who would help work on this with me, we were able to move all-day kindergarten to every kid in one of the uh, biggest school districts in the state. So I'd say there's a lot of challenges people face that give them an opportunity to do better in their workplace that they even meet when they, um, you know, are in in a personal point as well. And for me, it was taking that experience and understanding how I could advocate at a high level uh, and not back down until we got what we needed. And now were there any challenges or obstacles maybe that you can uh, share with us that you thought, what what have I gotten myself into? Uh, I need to, to raise the white flag and then throw in the towel right now and go another direction. Um, anything like that, that that sticks out to you? Uh, yeah. Well, as a, as a matter of fact, when I first started at the state of Iowa, I served under Governor Vilsack and I was head of trading and development, leadership development. And um, we, uh, my job was actually a marketplace function, which meant I literally had to raise money to pay for my paycheck, my staff's paycheck, et cetera. We sold our services within a government entity. And if we didn't sell services, then we wouldn't get a paycheck and I wouldn't be able to deliver good training to the people across the state. Well, at one point, um, the uh, Department of Management had given somebody else an opportunity to uh, bring in a competing process improvement uh, product uh, for what uh, I I was actually pushing and selling at the state and what had actually been approved by the governor's office. Um, But uh, that person uh, was at a different department. They were able to not only move ahead with getting that uh, type of process improvement initiative in, but received um, $10,000 to help them push that out to the other department. So I went straight to the straight to the horse's mouth and said, you know, this is an un- unequal playing field. You can't put me in a position uh, where my staff is reliant on us selling services that were approved by the state and then allow another service to come in without giving me an option to be competitive uh, when it relates to that. And I said, it's, not, it's only right that I get the same amount of support uh, to see which product the, you know, our customers like best, the state government likes best. And so I fought hard and got, and got that. But that was literally going up to the Department of Management 
um, to the head of the Department of Management standing up and saying, you can't set up a structure and then change the rules in the middle of it and not allow me some opportunity you know, to defend what, what, what I'm supposed to be doing here. Uh, how it turned out in the end is that we ended up using that other process improvement down the road. I became a strong supporter of it. And that person that I actually had to go and fight against who was receiving that funding actually hired me then later in a role at the Department of Management because they knew when it came to doing what's right, I wasn't going to back down. Um, we have to be fair with everybody in the workplace. Isn't it amazing how sometimes our, our hardest challenges turn out to benefit us the most, um, you know, after we get through them? It's just always, always tough to see that when you're when you're in the trenches. That's right. Um, talk, talk about your staff a little bit during that time. What were some of the things that you did pumped up and, and psyched up to to take on that challenge to, you know, um, after you've, you did those things like going in and arguing for a better playing field? Talk about some of the ways that you had to, to keep the morale up among your staff uh, during that, that time. Yeah, well, I think overall my leadership, style has, my leadership style has tended to hire really good people, give them the framework and the structure and the resources for what they need to get done, um, work together as a team, but allow them the opportunity to, to chart their own path to reach the outcomes that we've all agreed upon. Um, what that's allowed me to do is have really good people working with me, just like I do right now. Um, and I think one of the key pieces to keep us positive during that time when we felt that maybe we weren't getting quite as fair a shake and had more difficult, uh, you know, uh, a difficult opportunity to overcome trying to sell a product that actually was going to cost people money compared to a product that was free. Um, you know, we really had to, I really had to call on those uh, those levels of accountability, those levels of ownership within each of my staff's jobs, that desire to reach that outcome. Um, that we had all decided upon. And I think so much of it went back to um, the fact that we worked as a team, that we understood what our goals were, that we had sorted those out together in our own strategic planning, that we were constantly, um, you know, uh, working on those issues, um, giving each other credit for the things that we've done well within that. Um, and so I think that when it came to a more difficult time frame, we had a great team that knew we were all working for uh, each other and for the benefit of the people that we served. Um, and I think it really helped us move through a time where we felt like maybe we weren't getting, um, you know, a fair shake uh, and that it could make our lives a little bit more difficult in, a, in, quite honestly, in a position where you needed to make the money to have a paycheck. Right. Um, and I think it's really what kept us together, you know, during that time to continue to provide the relevant information and the, and the background for me to go in and get what we needed. My team, you know, stood up and said, we're going to do everything we possibly can to help you make sure that, you know, we can stay competitive and keep this product and continue to serve people. And they were there every step of the way for me. And now Congresswoman, well, I'm sure you're probably starting to experience this even more now in your current role. Uh, it takes a lot to be a leader and, and an exceptional leader at that. Um, you know, you have to make a lot of quick decisions. You have to make decisions that people aren't necessarily going to agree with. Um, obviously, you know, when times are good, they're really good. And when times are not, then, you you know, you have to work, you know, a lot, a lot harder to to, uh, you know, to get things to where they need to be. What are some of the things you do, if you care to share with us, um, that lets you kind of turn off that light switch at the end of the day, if there is such a thing as the end of the day for you, uh, to kind of be able to relax, refocus and recharge so that you can come back um, ready to go even stronger the next day. 
Well, that, that's a great question. And, you know, the, right now as we're dealing with um, COVID-19 and the issues that our team is facing and addressing all the concerns that our constituents have, it certainly does make it difficult. You work in, you know, different areas and you're trying to work as a team, even though you're in three different locations, um, to, to move the agenda forward. But I can tell you one thing, this isn't the first time in the 15 months I've been in this position um, that we've been uh, really hit hard and had to come together and do and you know go against some insurmountable issues. You know, I'm a freshman congresswoman, and uh, two and a half months into being sworn in, the flood hit our district—the worst flood we've seen in the Missouri um, in our lifetimes. And so everything was devastated. And that's when it takes a really great team uh, to be able to communicate, to be able to work together, to be able to take pieces from each other and. Um, step right into uh, helping someone, even though you might not have all the, you know, all of the facts in place and all the information in place. You're reliant on each other to help each other find that information. And so I think, you know, so much of the work that we've had to do really has been under difficult circumstances, trade wars, renewable fuel standard waivers, all these things that have hurt our industry. And as a team, if we don't take a step back once in a while, if we don't give ourselves an opportunity to to regroup um, and to uh, really replenish yourself, you can't go out and find those um, new ideas. You can't go out there um, and do the work that you need to do by pushing for an agenda uh, that's different from what you've seen in the past, which is what I had to do for the floods and what we're doing to address the issues with COVID-19. So I think, you know, being able to turn off, and it's something that I learned a long time ago, quite honestly. Um, you know, my dad, uh, worked a ton, missed a lot of our games growing up and things like that. I appreciate everything that he did, but I certainly know in retrospect, he could have taken a, you know, a little bit of time off and he would have liked to have done that um, to, to be more present in the moment. I think being more present in the moment helps you understand the priorities that you're facing. And quite honestly, if it's a walkout in the quiet uh with you know no no tunes or anything it's when i come up with ideas you try not to maybe let work cloud you at that moment but you oftentimes think about it and honestly it's some of the most innovative times that i've had is when i've taken a step back said we need a little bit more personal time to rejuvenate and then coming up with even better ideas to to help with the constituent issues that i'm facing I appreciate that answer. Uh, there's sometimes it's, it's amazing what those little moments of complete silence can do um, in terms of coming up with ideas. So uh, thank you for sharing that. And then to, to wrap this up and to, to bring it back now to the uh, COVID pandemic that we're dealing with right now, I know you've touched on it a little bit, but thinking about uh, some of the, the various positions that you've been in in the past, uh, if you had to share what, or if you could think about it, give me two to three lessons that maybe you learned through some of the hardships you faced in the past that you're now able to use that knowledge and apply it to working through this pandemic today? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, it's um, always step up if you see an injustice in your community, whether uh, whether it's something that directly impacts your life or not. And that's been kind of a tenet that's led me uh, in, in much of what I've done in my life. Um, if I see something that's wrong, um, I stand up and I want to address it. And that's something that has become very much in handy as I deal with the impact of COVID on our district. And it also means staying in touch with the people uh, that you serve, whether they're if you're in sales and they're your clients, 
uh, whether you're in my job with my constituents, staying connected has given me the opportunity uh, to find out what's happening on the ground. I took my uh, my 16 county tours from my first year in office and all of the town halls that I did, which were 63 so far before coronavirus hit, making me the most accessible freshman member of Congress. I held more town halls than anyone. And then I took those and did teletown halls. So I've been able to stay connected with emergency management, healthcare, economic development, education folks, small businesses. They've told me straight out what the issues are. And I take that information back with me and I push for new ideas and I look for ways to get around uh, how we might have some policy structured, whether it's asking for a waiver, uh, you know, whether it's uh, finding some detail in some type of policy that I know we can tweak so that we can include you know, a business or a hospital. I think it's that staying connected to people, constantly pushing, you know, for new ideas and never settling when you see something that's not right. If it's not right, you fix it. Uh, I That's the, the way I've always lived my life. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I have because I think we, you know, it's a lot easier sometimes to just go on and, and say, well, that's just a minor thing. It doesn't really make that big of an impact. But a lot of things really do. When I was able to get Ringgold County Hospital, the funding that they needed from COVID-19, when they weren't able to get some of the funding they needed because of the way that they were structured um, as a tax entity, well, the the intention was that nonprofit hospitals got that. So I had to fight for that. And so it really is that attention to detail, listening to folks, and then just saying that solution that's in place right now doesn't work if it's not reaching the outcome that we're supposed to be trying for and trying something different, something out of the box and seeing where you can make that uh, improvement. Well, Congresswoman Axney, thank you for taking the time to to chat with me today. Uh, it was great uh, getting to talk to you, listening to some of your, your past endeavors and challenges and how you got through those and, you know, the way that you've been able to apply those lessons to now. So, again, thank you for taking the time. I hope you and your staff uh, remain healthy and uh, keep putting up the good fight for the wonderful people of the state of Iowa and the 3rd District. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for doing this. This is a, a great idea, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody at uh, the Des Moines Partnership uh, soon. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.